is that? Is that your? What is that? Oh, we're losing power. We gotta try it again. Okay. All right, you want to you want to welcome us to the show, Asa? Uh huh. Okay, go for it. This is Tanvan Dudak. <laughs> this is Tanvan Tour Talk, Season Fifteen, Appendix A. Should we do the lay of the van? Oh yeah, we should. Okay, this is me, Mike Adams, and I am riding in the passenger seat of the rig big. Uh, this is Jessica Adams, and I am being made to drive the van, so I'm in the driver's seat, and I'm also holding a microphone. So if the Adams family does not make it home, Ma! you know why. <laughs> Mommy, Sorry, I'm let talking. me talk. Right, okay. I'm Asia, and I'm in the bed seat just talking. Okay, great. Thank you, son. Okay, <laughs> ah! So as you can hear, uh, well, this is so, sort of a family trip. Yeah. We got the whole family in the van. Okay. Uh, I've just played a solo show in Chicago this afternoon with our pal Owen Ashworth of Advanced Bass. Uh, and we went up on okay. Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Saturday afternoon and spent the night with Owen and his family, who we've come become quite close to. And had dinner and watched a movie and just hung out and then stayed the night with them. Okay. Before the show today. <laughs> so we've had a real family fun-filled weekend. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Asa, did you have fun this weekend? Yeah. What did you do? Play. What did you play? toys. What kind of toys? Uh, I got a new toy that dropped on the floor. Oh, you did? Uh-huh. But when we get home... I'll pick it up. <laughs> You'll pick it up when we get home. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Great. We've never done this on an episode of Tan Van Tour Talk. Yeah, special Adam's You've been Family on. edition. Yeah, I've been I've been on in season four. Yeah, one of the early ones. Maybe. Yeah, when I was able to go on tour a couple of times. And now I'm just a special guest star. How's it feel to be back? Feels pretty good. Uh, I've never done Tam Van Tour Talk with this setup, with the soundboard. Is that what it's called? Sure. Okay. And the microphones. I've only ever done it where and we would just hold our iPhones. And yeah, I was not with Asa, so clearly it's not, <laughs> okay. not as good. Turn me up louder. <laughs> yeah, I think you're loud enough. <laughs> What? I think this is going to just be the Asa <laughs> Adams show, probably. No. I think you're loud enough, bud. Tan Van Tour Talk. Do you like Tan Van Tour Talk? Yeah. How does it feel to be on the show? Good. Yeah, is it everything you dreamed it would be? Mm-hmm. It is good. Yeah, you know, I've always wanted to be a call-in guest, and I've never been able to be one. This is a little bit like being a call-in guest. Why? You're here. I mean, it's better than being a calling guest, so I'm just getting to be a guest, which is cool. Although, I don't know, maybe I am sort of a part of the band this weekend, because I did carry a lot of stuff. Yeah, so. you hold a lot of gear, you're doing a lot of driving. Yeah, I am doing You're at least a lot tour managing this Oh, trip. yes. 
I am the Except new... for you haven't done any of the other work that a tour manager does, like get paid and make uh, sure I have everything I need. Hey, I've been doing a pretty good job of making sure you have everything uh, I did not collect uh, any money. But yeah, I'm sort of tour managing. I'm like the B version of, uh, of Jared Chief. Um, the yeah, B perhaps. team version. i got to turn you up. You're not very loud. I'm okay with that. Well, it's just uh, going to sound bad when people try to listen to it and they can't hear what you're saying. Okay. Well, I'm not saying I anything important. So. Uh, I'm not turned up loud enough. How's that? Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, I feel like I should start off this show saying that I'm a little upset. <laughs> What's new? Everything's been great so far today. And we had just enough time to jump in the car. We got McDonald's! And go as quick as we could to Indianapolis so I could make load in for the show tonight. We got McDonald's! But... Because, yeah, wait, did you tell everybody what you're doing this weekend? The double header? I don't remember. I so, don't think so. Okay, so... I don't think I... I don't... I didn't, I didn't go to school today, so I need lunch at McDonald's! Thank you. You had Asa. lunch at McDonald's, okay? Because, what do you eat when you go to school? I don't know. You don't know. Mm-mm. Do you make your own lunch when you go to school? No. Who makes it? My mom. What does she make for you? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just fill his lunchbox with rocks and twigs. Yeah. And he has to make a fire and then find his own food and cook it. Oh, I finally figured this out. I figure out how to make you louder now. We got it. Okay, thanks. Yeah, you're loud enough. Uh, yeah, I, I think, think you're you actually, being... Asa, you've been really loud this you've been really loud this whole yeah, time. I, I think uh think you're the loudest, Asa. Why? Because you are you have a microphone that you're also yelling into. <laughs> So you're pretty loud. <laughs> All right. I don't want to talk. Okay, listen. We had to make this rule for Jared, and now we're going to have to make it for you. <laughs> no more shouting and yelling during Tan Van Tour Talk, okay? Great. Got it? Perfect. Yeah. So, yes, the deal is uh, I played a show. It's Today is July 31st, Sunday. And this afternoon, I played a show at noon. I went on actually at like 12.25 in Chicago at a place called Township. Really cool place. Yeah, very cool. That was my first time. Owen had been there previously. This was my first time. And he actually said since he had been there last, they've renovated. Yeah, it was a very nice space. Restaurant, bar, venue. This was a part of their um, family and friends series. Series. Yeah. Which is um, a matinee show on a Sunday that uh, families are encouraged to attend. So there were a lot of children at the show today. Yeah, it's all ages, but also specifically geared toward families, I think, with younger children that would maybe like to go see more shows, but they can't because they have a kiddo or they can't find a sitter or something. I don't know if this is true, but today it was true. That, uh, oh, well, I mean, I don't know if they do this always. It is true. I don't know if they do it always. But today, 
uh, it was Owen and I, each dads playing, and our families were in attendance. And then Thomas, the guy who books the shows, uh, his family was there as well. He's also a dad. Yeah. So it seemed, I don't know if they always have parent musicians for these things, uh, but it made good sense today. Everyone was, yeah. was kind of in the same boat, mm-hmm. and there were lots of kids there hanging out. Yeah, and the kids were really having a great time. The stage had um, like a little walkway, like almost like a, um, a runway type extension off of the stage. So while Mike and Owen were both playing their sets, there was this totally open part of the stage uh, that the kids were just utilizing to jump off of on top of one another and then also push each other off of stage diving yeah like serious stage diving actually thomas's son got up and made an announcement because he was very concerned about the safety of all the children oh he did yeah he was the oldest kid there he was 10 yeah. and his name was henry yeah yeah and he was concerned that kids were going to start getting hurt which actually some did and uh, so he made an announcement, or I think he told his dad to make an announcement that he wanted everyone to be careful while they were stage diving. <laughs> it was fun, though. You you made mention of uh, being a little worried about the rambunctious kids, but yeah, I felt like going into it, knowing all that information, going into it, it was kind of like, whatever happens here is fine. There's we like, it's a family show for kids. It's a show in a rock club and there's children there and it's just like you know these kids are going to be wild and crazy yeah you've seen high schoolers at a at a rock show <laughs> yeah. imagine then what even younger people do yeah that's true i just you know i've taken asa to an all ages show but it's not necessarily a show like geared toward small children right. and so i still try to keep him fairly in line i usually like have him on my shoulders or something try to get him to be quiet and not be running all over the place and yeah at this show it was like anything goes these kids are being wild and crazy and they're hollering and attacking one another but to me it felt a little bit like uh uh, i don't know the word I i felt at home it was like everyone here has a kid who's going bonkers and we're all still trying to enjoy this music yeah and it's it felt very much like uh cathartic maybe it was like well we're all on the same page here we all know the score well and there were a good handful of people there with no children yeah and i was trying to take my cues from them i was trying to watch them and see how irritated they might be with the kids and nobody there without kids seemed to mind how rambunctious the kiddos were being so then i was everyone knew the deal yeah and so it was fun because then you could just watch the show and just let your child stage dive and do whatever they want is great. <laughs> Asa, do you think you were the loudest kid there? Mm-hmm. You do? Uh-huh. You sure were shouting a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could hear you growling and stuff. <laughs> Did you enjoy the show, son? Mm-hmm. You think other kids would like it? You can talk. It's okay. I just don't want you to yell. You think other kids would like to go to that show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Can you lift up your microphone and say something into it? Uh. Tell tell the listeners what you were doing at the show. Can you tell them about the stage diving? 
Hmm? They're not here. No, no. They're going to they're gonna listen to this recording later. Yeah, we're recording this so people can listen to it later. So if somebody is going to hear this, can you tell them what you were doing at the show? Uh, okay. Okay, tell us what you were doing. Uh, I was jumping and I had some fun. <laughs> you were jumping and you had some fun, okay. Were you jumping on top of other kids? No. Are you sure? No. I were saw you... you wrestling a few times. Were you doing that? You were doing a good bit of wrestling up there, right? Are you all done? Yeah. <laughs> Asa made yeah. <laughs> Asa made a new friend. His name was Solomon, and they really hit it off. They're both like four years old. I don't know. I know how old Asa is. I don't know how old Solomon is. So maybe they're like four and five. But they just—it's uh, like when you're that age, all you have to do is lock eyes with the person, and they just know what to do. And so they just immediately dove down on the ground and started wrestling with each other, like they had known each other for years and it was very funny to watch and I was talking were... to his dad after the show and I was I was because I was thinking the similar thing and his dad made a comment about how nice it was that they were though they were roughhousing they were being very gentle with each other yeah and he was like I, it was so nice to see that yeah because it was kind <laughs> of sweet like they would kind of tussle on the floor but then also kind of be hugging one another yeah. and yeah it was very cute Asa, can you say that into your microphone? Uh, it's just when we roll around the floor, we're just wrestling about what we want to. Ah, okay. Cool. Yeah, very cool. That looked pretty fun, though. Was it fun? Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, so the restaurant slash venue township that Michael and Owen played at today had very good food um, at that the restaurant served. But, and also they gave a 50% discount to band members and their wives and children. <laughs> um, but actually, Owen and Michael had no time to eat any food. So only Holly and I, Holly is Owen's wife, only us and the kids got to <laughs> take advantage of the half-off discount and ate some brunch there before the show. What and it of, was What was the menu looking like? What kind of food was it? So... I thought they had some pretty creative dishes. They had Ooh. some dishes with fried plantains in them, uh -huh. and they had um, some dishes with a chicken chorizo, which I had never heard of a chicken chorizo. Um, it was very good. And they had um, potato cakes that uh, I didn't get, but somebody else at our table got them, and they looked delicious. They looked actually like they were sweet potato cakes but the menu didn't necessarily specify that um, so they had a few like interesting menu items I had this dish that I didn't really know what it was it was called chilaquilles I think I don't know if I'm quite pronouncing that right but um, it had like the um, these fried but soft tortillas in it and then this very spicy Salsa and then the chicken chorizo is very good. I'll tell you, I love a fried plantain. Yeah, Holly got she got a sandwich that had 
prosciutto and something else, a few other things. And then she got a side of fried plantains and they looked awesome. So, and the kids got pancakes that were really good. You got what? Chocolate pancake. Oh, that sounds good. Was it good? Uh-huh. Would you recommend that someone eat at Township in Chicago? Would you recommend that restaurant? Uh, no. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Uh, no way. Why not? I don't think so. You don't think so. I thought you real you practically licked your plate clean, Asa. I don't know why you wouldn't recommend this place. You didn't think it was good? I thought the pancake was good. Yeah. What about the milk? You had milk too, right? Uh-huh. Was Cow that? Milk. Cow's milk. Okay. Cow's milk, yeah. Good. Clear. That's good. And I also got chocolate milk. I also got milk again. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, okay, yes. That's the deal. The deal is the show ended. It was great. Afternoon. The whole thing. Yeah. And then we had pretty much just enough time to jump into the van. We left in kind of a hurry. We had just enough time to jump in the van and then haul ourselves down to the Hi-Fi at Indianapolis where I'm playing tonight with musical hero of mine, Jeremy Enoch. We can come back to that. But <laughs> we are making our way, trying to leave Chicago. Major traffic. So much traffic. Creeping along the highway. Just major slow traffic. Which is eating away at our time. Yeah. And it wasn't like standstill traffic. It was constantly moving, but only at about 25 miles an hour the and whole was, time. And it never like broke open. It was just yeah. like all the so, so many cars. It was terrible. So that was really slowing us down. But then we got out of that. We got moving on 65 South here in Indiana. And... Just mentioned I hadn't eaten anything, and I also needed to use the facilities. Number two. So we see a sign for some food. We pull over. There's a McDonald's, and it's like, well, okay, fine. They have clean enough. They have clean enough bathrooms. It'll be fast. We'll do it. <laughs> Boy, were we wrong. Oh yes. Were we ever wrong? <laughs> it was. Yeah, we did get McDonald's, but it was not fast. Uh, to stop and have three people go to the bathroom and get food from a fast food restaurant that the whole point of going to is to get it very, very fast and to get gas. We were stopped for a half hour, and the majority of that time was spent waiting on the McDonald's staff to get our food together. So if you're if you're listening out there and you've never had McDonald's, if you've never had McDonald's, we'll, we'll rate McDonald's about a half a star a for you. Yes, definitely. McDonald's. Wait, yeah. what'd you say? Um, I had McDonald's with my mom once. Yes, you did? we actually. Asa and I had McDonald's last weekend. Really? While traveling, we needed something very quick, and we stopped at the McDonald's. <laughs> and here's the thing. I don't like to eat McDonald's very often at all, but I have had it twice in the past week. Yeah. We stopped at the McDonald's in Henderson, and I'll tell Hendo. you, Hendo, it was very quick. Very, very quick. So I would rate them, well... I'm never going back. I can tell you that. Today was my last trip to McDonald's. <laughs> Definitely not true. He will be back. 
uh, because he says this periodically about fast food restaurants because they are ridiculous and frustrating most of the time. Okay. And gross. And gross, gross, yeah. So he'll get all indignant about, I'm not going back here ever, and uh, then he will go back. My phone is ringing. Jared is calling Jessica. Oh, okay. I better take it. Yeah, we got to talk to Jared. Uh, hey, Jared, it's me. Uh, You're on Tame Tour Talk, kind of. Why? What's up? Um, we're south of Lafayette. Uh, what? That's what, what I know. Sorry, what? sorry about the delay. Yes. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, bye. Love you too. <laughs> that was Jared, so he, he interrupted with a call to... Uh, he, he's in contact with the venue. What? Is he already there? He, I don't know. No, he was on the phone with him. Okay. So, uh, we stopped at this horrible restaurant to get some food and to use the bathroom and now we're running very late yes super late like to the point where i'm going to get to the show run on stage and pretty much be on yeah it the and that's very stressful to me and to the venue it's a bad scene yeah thanks to mcdonald's and the traffic jam yeah so thanks to everyone for ruining this day. We did what we could. You know, we tried to make it work. It's going to work. It's just not going to be as easy and pleasant as I'd hoped. Yeah. It's hard trying to have it all, you know? Yeah. Trying to play a Chicago show and then go play an Indianapolis show. Here's the thing. Okay, it's so hard. the Chicago show was booked many months ago. Yeah. Owen invited me to play this show a long time ago, and I was all in. Loved it. Yes, happy to do it. Can't wait. And then this Jeremy Enoch show came up, and it was offered to me, <laughs> and I couldn't pass it up. I even yeah. said, I have a show in Chicago that afternoon, but I think I can make it work, because I just can't. I would be attending the show regardless. If I wasn't playing, I would be attending this show. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I, I just had to seize the opportunity. And it'll be fine. I'll be late, but it'll be fine. Everything will be fine. I'm, l I'm, I'm low... Low impact when it comes to setting up. I just have a guitar and a, and a yeah. microphone. That's easy. Well, and so Jared might get to the show before us. He could go on stage and tell some jokes. I or... don't think I'm going to be late for the show. Yeah, okay. I'm going to be late. I'm not going to get a sound check. I'm going to be late for load-in. But I'm okay. not going to be late for showtime. So you're going to be late for like making sure that you're going to sound good? I'm. Yes. So you're just going to have to take your chances and yeah, see. Yeah, it's going to be a real dice roll. Okay, okay. We'll see what happens when we get there. Yeah. But, you know, worst case scenario, slow down here. I'm you're gonna, slowing down. I'd rather be late than dead. See, I have been made to drive so that Michael could, uh, you know, move all the knobs and make sure everything <laughs> sounds nice. I have a real problem with tailgating and so I keep creeping up on people also I'm trying to drive as fast as I can um, and the traffic keeps uh, like it it will like break open a little bit more on 65 but it still keeps creeping up it on is kind of awful it keeps backing up yeah it's coming and going so anyway it so you're gonna hear throughout the rest of this 
podcast, Michael criticizing my driving. Not criticizing, just making well, making sure like, don't hit this car in front that of we us. don't die. Uh, Thing of it is, and all my tailgating that I've done, which is a very bad habit, uh, I've never rear-ended someone. So well, that may be true. That may be true that you've never rear-ended someone. But how many of our cars have you wrecked in total? I have, I have wrecked two of our vehicles, totaled only one, and neither accident was my fault. I would just like to say that I was hit by two older ladies, both of whom, and I, I don't mean to be ageist, but maybe this will sound like that. They really should not have been driving vehicles. Um, they just were not paying attention to any of the traffic rules or what lane they were in or where they were trying to turn, and both of them uh, hit me. So I would I'd just like to say that about those accidents. They were not my fault, and that is very true. I'm not just saying that. <clears throat> yes, that is true. <laughs> I don't appreciate that little throat clear there. Well. Okay, so let me just say that one of the accidents... Um, <laughs> I got tangled up with a lady who sold insurance for a living. Yeah. So she knew exactly what she needed to do to take advantage of me. She did not want to call the police. She did not want to have a report filed. Uh, she said that we could just take care of it between us. And then she totally screwed me over. Did she give you a fake number? She did. Oh, yes. She also, she gave me a fake uh, number to contact her. So then I ended up having to do a quick Google search. She did give me her real name and I did a Google search and I found her office phone uh, because that was the only thing that was popping up. So I called her at her place of work and chatted with her a couple of times and um, Could you tell I, her you didn't appreciate the fake number? So at one point, I don't know if I told I her I didn't. I let her have it. I, I, I don't know if I told her I didn't appreciate the fake number, but at one point I was so exasperated because my insurance company was telling me that we were going to have to take equal responsibility for the accident, which was 100% her fault. Um, I got so exasperated with her on the phone that I told her she was rotten. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I did. I said, you know, you're just really rotten. What you're doing is rotten, and I don't appreciate it. Uh, but that's maybe the meanest thing I said to her was telling her she was really rotten. So, well, anyway, that's good. you're a sweet lady. Yeah, <laughs> I think I was also maybe making the phone call while I was at work, and so I didn't want to um, be unprofessional. Really, let her have it. Yeah. So, anyway, that's good. Yeah. But I've gotten in no accidents. Um, oh, well, okay. So let me back up and say that actually this August, if I don't get into a car accident <laughs> of some sort, that will be the first August in three years that I have not had an accident. Mm -hmm. uh, three years in a row on August, almost to the day, I wrecked our van, I wrecked my white Honda Civic, and then last summer, um, a gentleman backed into our red Focus. So, three summers in a row. Whoops. Pretty good record. Yeah, pretty good. So, when I say, slow up, don't hit this car. Yeah. Don't drive so aggressively. I guess that makes sense. That's all I'm thinking about. Yeah, okay. Your safety, my safety. Right. The baby in the back. Yeah, we do have a child on, on board. <laughs> What'd you say? Oh, sorry. 
What are you now? If you're not a baby, what are you? Big kid. You're a big kid? Do you tie your own shoes? I buckle my own. You buckle your own shoes. Well, okay. <laughs> One, two, buckle your shoe. That's good. I guess you have learned that. Yeah, I do remember that. Do you? What? Yeah, that was a long time ago. You've been putting your own shoes on for a while now. Yeah. <laughs> You've gotten pretty good at it. So I don't need help. Good, yeah. It's very good, Asa. Uh, I forget what I was saying before all that accident talk. Uh, I think you're just talking about how we're having a really haul our buns down to yeah. Indy pretty quick. Um, oh, yeah, and then Jared called, right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to tonight's show. I've been a Sunny Day Real Estate slash Jeremy Enoch fan since, like, 1997 or 8. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about hardcore. I got all the records. I've dug up all the ancient bad demos. I've got all the tunes from the United States of Leland soundtrack. <laughs> I'm all over this guy. Uh, and I, I really can't wait to see the show. Yeah, I've never seen him perform by himself, but I have seen Sunny Day Real Estate perform When was once. that, 09? Uh, yeah, it was a long time ago. Whenever they did that reunion tour, we saw the Chicago show. Yeah. At the was, Metro. Yeah, it was really fun. God, it was good. Yeah. I really love that band. I, I don't know if I love them, but I do enjoy listening to them sometimes. But I think the record I know the best is How It Feels to Be Something On. That's I don't... the best one, if you ask me. Okay. That's the one that now, I know. a lot know. of people wouldn't agree with me, but those who know, those who are right, would agree with me. <laughs> What's another record of theirs that's not, not the best? They're all good. Okay. Every single one is good. For a time, their first album, Diary, uh huh, which is the one that has the little like weeble toy people on it, you know. Okay. Oh yes, yes, okay. Uh, for a time, that was Sub Pop's best-selling album. Oh wow! I don't know. I doubt that's still the case, but for a while, that was true. Okay. And that one's good. That was kind of their that was their debut. That made them famous, you know, relatively. Uh, in the in the sort of third wave emo thing, or are they second wave? They might be second wave emo. I don't know anything about the waves of emo. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that yeah, they were that was uh, ninety four, I believe that record came out, and this and okay, so then they kind of they tour a lot on Diary that first record. They do a ton of touring. Okay. And they're young. They're really young. I think maybe even still like 19 or so. Oh, I, wow. I could be wrong about that, but I think that's true. Uh, so doing a ton of touring and just stressed out and, you know, they're young people coming of age and they're having this hard life on the road. You know how it is. Look at us. Look at how yeah, hard this, this is. Yeah, this is such a hard life. <laughs> uh, and so they go in to record their second album and they're kind of fighting all the time and it's not going great. Okay. So they record like three-fourths of a record. And then they break up. And it's like, all right, actually, we're done. We can't do it. So they break up. Okay. Uh, also, partly, I think, uh, Jeremy Enoch was born again around that time. And that played a role in it. Like a born again believer in Jesus Christ? I believe so. Okay. Okay. 
our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Superstar. Yeah. Jesus Christ Superstar. I've never seen that musical. I haven't either. I've just seen the soundtrack in it for 50 cents in every single <laughs> dustbin of records I've ever looked through. Oh, man. We should check it out sometime. So anyway, the record okay. is only about three quarters of the way done, but the band breaks up. Okay. So they have a few like leftover tunes from the first record uh-huh. and some other recordings. They compile them because Sub Pop wants a second record. They, you know, Their highest selling band just broke up. Oh, so it was an official breakup. Yeah. Okay. So they call the drummer, William Goldsmith, and they're like, hey, man, we want We still got to put this out. What do you want to do for artwork? And he sort of half-jokingly is like, I don't know, just make it pink. So the second album is just pink, and in little white letters it says Sunny Day Real Estate. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it is one of the strangest records. It's so weird. Uh, the, a lot of the lyrics are just, like, gibberish, but still beautiful melodies, but the lyrics, it's a little bit like a... What do you call that? Uh, uh, I forget what you call it. When you're just you're you're singing just sounds, kind of like Cocteau Twins style. Like what? Yeah. Yeah, like that's that. a good example. Asa. There's a G word. What is that word? Anyway, uh, there's a lot of that on the record. It's real strange and weird. They release it. I don't know how it does, but anyway, it's great. And it becomes okay. this kind of cult classic. And then, in 1998, they decide to get back together. Okay. And then that's when they make How It Feels to Be Something on. Ah. Uh, which is my favorite one. Okay. Without the original bass player. How did they even go on without their original bass player? Well, there's a whole backstory here where... Uh, <laughs> okay, it's, there's going to be more history now. <laughs> I'd just like to interject really quick and say that I actually... This is all coming back to me. I think I've had this history lesson before, but I don't want to take that away from the listeners. <laughs> no, the so is, let's, just keep, let's just keep going. I don't necessarily want to spend this whole podcast about my... Educating everyone about... <laughs> talking about sunny day real estate. Yeah, I it's guess... It's just they're my favorite. Right, yeah, you know? okay. Well, you could talk, if you want to talk a little bit more about the bass player, I think that's probably fine. Well, so when the band kind of breaks up, Dave Grohl, you know David Grohl? Is he from the... He's from Nirvana. Oh, is he also in the Foo Fighters? The Foo, yeah, he's in the The Foo. Foo (laughs) Excuse Uh, me. He is starting up the Foo Fighters around that time. Oh, okay. So he enlists William Goldsmith and Nate Mendel from Sunday Real Estate. To be in the Foo Fighters, the first version of the Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah. They record the first album, and David Grohl is not crazy about William Goldsmith's drum parts. So, Dave Grohl goes back in the studio without telling anybody and re-records all the drums. Oh. Which upsets William Goldsmith. Yeah, that's a little bit rude. He should have at least just told him. Well... He comes back and says, listen, I did, I re-recorded everything. There's like one or two things that are his on that first Foo Fighters record. There's Uh one or two things that are William Goldsmith, the rest are Dave Grohl. He's like, listen, I'm just not crazy about your recording style. And this has to be, this is my thing. It's got to be perfect. But I'm happy to keep you on as our live drummer. And you Uh can remain in the band. It's just, you know, Dave Grohl's a professional drummer by this point. Uh So he's like, you can remain in the band. But I'll be the guy on the recordings. And William Goldsmith said, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, so he left okay. the band. Nate Mendel stays in the Foo Fighters. 
Okay. So when Sunny Day Real Estate reunites in 1997-98, Nate Mendel doesn't join them. He's sticking with Foo Fighters. Stays with the Foo Fighters. I mean, I think he would have joined them, but he's just busy with the Foo Fighters. Busy, yeah. Whoa. That was me. I raised my arm up to stretch. And I made a weird sound. Not from my Your armpit. Body makes weird Not from my armpit, from the my <laughs> microphone. <laughs> uh, so, then, I don't remember if they broke up again after that record or not, but in, then they made one more record in 2000. Okay. Uh, which is The Rising Tide. Another great just rock record, but it's also without Nate Mendel. Uh, okay. Do you think Nate Mendel ever... Uh, regretted his decision to stay with the Foo Fighters and not go back with Sunny Day Real Estate? I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, after that, then, they kind of break up again. Okay. After How It Feels to... No, after The Rising Tide. They go on tour, and the label that they're on, which is not Sub Pop... So uh-huh. Sub Pop released a live album, because they were contractually obliged to get, to release another Sunny Day Real Estate record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After uh, How It Feels to Be Something On. Yeah. So... They release a live album, and and the dudes in the band were like, wait a minute, we didn't want you to release that live album, but they did it anyway. Okay. <laughs> so they were kind of upset with Sub Pop for a while. So The Rising Tide came out on Time Bomb. I've never heard of Time Bomb. <laughs> That's because Time Bomb sunk all their resources into a couple records and then folded. Uh. Right before Sunday Real Estate goes on tour for The Rising Tide, the label goes under. Oh, yikes. And so the tour is a failure. I don't even... They may not have even gone. They may have had to cancel it. I can't remember. They couldn't support the tour, basically. Okay. So, that was in 2000, 2001-ish. Then it's over. So any real estate breaks up, that's the end of the band. Uh-huh. But in 2003, Jeremy Enoch, Nate Mendel, and William Goldsmith get back together. And they record an album as The Fire Theft. That, okay, I was just going to ask. I thought you had told me at some point that Sunny Day Real Estate were in some other, was in another band. But that's without Dan Horner, who had at the time joined Dashboard Confessional. Oh, man. Everybody's hopping bands. So, The Fire Theft is like a Sunny Day Real Estate album, but not quite. Ah, uh, yeah. I think I've heard them before. So they put out one record, and then that's that. And then Jeremy starts doing solo stuff. Uh, Again, okay. he released a solo album in 1996 during Sunny Day Real Estate. Okay. So he gets back on the solo thing, and he's put out a few solo records. So then that show we saw... Okay, yeah. Sub Pop wanted to reissue the first two Sunny Day Real Estate albums. So that show we saw in 09 or 010 or whatever it was, that was the very first time that all four of those dudes had played together since the second album. Ah, and the second one was the pink one? Yeah. I think I remember, weren't you and Jared kind of sad that they weren't playing any of the songs from How It Feels to Be Something On? They played one song. They played Guitar and Video Games, okay. which is a good tune. They pl- That's the only song they played okay. from How It Feels to Be Something On, which makes sense because uh, they were pushing those two, those first two records. But they also played a new song. So here's the other thing. They wrote a new song for that show. During that reunion preparing for that reunion tour they ended up writing some tunes and on that tour they played a new song oh okay they're like hey we've been having so much fun we wrote this new song uh-huh. and i think we're going to record a new record so in 2010 it's like they're going to make a new album sunny day real estate finally all four of them are back together 
and they're going to make this album, and it's going to be great. That didn't happen, right? So then, uh, you, you just don't hear anything for a long time. Uh-huh. Just nothing. They had to cancel a uh, festival date because... Um, Did they start fighting with no, one another? No, because of a volcano, oh. because of oh, a okay. eruption. <laughs> they had to cancel a festival date, and then you just didn't hear much after that, after that big, long tour. Ah, uh, okay. And so, of course, me being the fan that I am, I'm constantly Googling things like, <laughs> where's the new Sunny Day Real Estate album? Getting on, like, the because I liked, message boards and stuff? I liked the new song. Yeah. The new song that they'd been playing on tour, I really liked it. And there was nothing quiet. And then on Record Store Day two years ago, maybe three years ago, um, they released a split 7-inch with Circus Survive. And it's got a, they're like, a new song coming out on a 7-inch. And I was like, oh, I bet it's that song from the shows. Uh-huh. They release it. It's not the song from the shows. It's a different new song. Oh. And they're recording this record, and it's like, okay, this is going to be great. There's going to be an, because I like that song, too. Uh-huh. The song that's on the 7-inch. Uh-huh. So I'm just like, this is going to be great. There's going to be a new, good, Sunday real estate album. There's not a bad one anyway. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So... I'm snooping around the internet, and eventually I find an interview with Nate Mendel around the time when a new Foo Fighters record is coming out. And they're talking about the Foo Fighters, which he was continuing to do all through this whole time. Oh, okay. But the Foo Fighters were just kind of working slowly. Uh-huh. Uh, and they asked him about the Sunny Day Real Estate record in this interview. And he's like, man, Sunny Day Real Estate's over. We went down to record a record in Los Angeles... And we just couldn't do it. We just couldn't, like, I, he didn't go into specifics. And I'm kind of glad he didn't. But he was just like, if this band can't make a record, then it's not a band. Yeah. And so it just was left on the floor. So I don't know how much they finished. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's at least two songs, you know. But I'm guessing there's some kind of half-finished, yeah, great Sunny Day Real Estate record just so, lying on a tape reel somewhere. Yeah, so I just have a brilliant idea you're such a huge fan of Jeremy Enoch, and you're going to see him tonight. And you've got nothing to do, so <laughs> you could just s- see what he thinks about you two finishing that wouldn't be right. the Sunny Day Real Estate. Why not? That wouldn't be right. It's the first time all four of those guys are on a record. It's got to be those guys. But, I mean, if they can't finish it, and you can, I mean, you're doing the world a service by just making it happen if it's already recorded i mean what you just need to no that's the big mystery i don't know how much is recorded uh okay i'll tell you that the song on the seven inch there are a couple things about it uh and i'm not going to go into too many specifics but there are a couple things about the recording that's on that seven inch they released Mm -hmm. that makes me think it is also not finished okay there are a couple things about it that it's like this sounds like a good studio demo and uh, not a finished song. Yeah. Now, I might be wrong about that, but that's how it feels to be something on. <laughs> that's good. So anyway, speaking of this volcano, uh, that I think prevented them from going to Australia for a festival. Okay. <coughs> after the show today, after I played in Chicago, this guy came up to me at the... This bloke came up to me at the uh, <laughs> merch table... And he was like, Mike, I thought you'd appreciate a funny story. And I noticed he had a thick accent. Australian. Okay. 
he said, I don't know if you'll remember this, but he's like, a while back, you sent a ton of records from XRA to Australia. And I vaguely did remember it. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. He said, that was to me. You sent those <gasps> records to me. Wow. He said, my name's Nick. I said, hello, Nick. So nice to meet you. He said, I've been a big husband and wife and XRA fan for a long time, and I've been keeping up with your new stuff. He's like, there's like a husband and wife following in Australia. Oh, my and you guys gosh. Have, he goes, you probably have no idea, but you guys have influenced this whole little scene of, like, musicians. Whoa, he's that like, is so cool. He's like, I, I, I never thought I would get to see you play. And I was like, what are you doing here? He works for Reverb.com, which, do you know what that is? I know what Reverb is, like, in general. Right. But okay. <laughs> so, Reverb.com is like a buy-sell trade eBay, not eBay, more like Discogs-style website for music gear. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I actually, and I told him, I just received the Reverb newsletter in my email this morning. And then we kind of had a laugh about that. Wow. So he works for them. They sent him to the States on some business. Yeah. He's, he traveled 28 hours, arrived at 5 p.m. yesterday, woke up this morning and came to the show because he said, I ne and he was a fan of Owens as well because he had seen Owen as Cassio Tone for the Painfully Alone yeah. in oh Australia. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And he said, I couldn't believe this show was happening, so I made it my beeswax to get here. And he's like, he's like, he said, I'm playing it real cool, but this is a real big deal. That is so super cool. Did you take a picture with him or something? I didn't, but uh, he said, I'll send you an email. I said, please do. Yeah. Stay in touch. What a neat thing. Man, that is so cool. I guess if husband and wife can ever get a reunion tour together, you know where to go. I'd say the odds of a husband and wife reunion are about as likely as the odds of a Sunny Day real estate reunion. So there is a slim chance. Yeah, I'm not going to say never. There but. is a chance. If you have this huge following in Australia that you have influenced, I mean, you I owe, it. No, you no, owe no. it to I them to get huge. over there. I doubt it's huge, <laughs> but it might be eight people. Hey, you, know? you could play in their living room. You, you could play in their living room. It would be great. But anyway, what a thing to hear, man. That is you know? really awesome. What I had a, no idea. I did see... A gentleman talking to you for a while. Did he have a, a girl with him, or was it just? No, he was by himself. Oh, okay. But it was funny. While he was talking to me, another guy approached the uh, merch table, and uh, he was just standing there, and he heard some of the conversation. And Nick was like, "Oh, go ahead. If you're going to buy some merch, go ahead. We're just chatting." And the guy goes, "Oh no, it's okay. Uh, I'm talking too." And he goes, uh, "I heard you say you're from Australia. I'm from South Africa." Oh <laughs> so my it was gosh. Me. An Australian and a South African uh, having this funny conversation wow. about the music. And it was such a neat thing. I never dreamed that would have happened today. But yeah, hey, this is a shout out to Nick for making my day. I told him. He really made my day. Yeah, that's really such an incredible a, story. Yeah, what a pleasant thing. And he was such a nice guy. And it was just really pleasant talking to him and hearing all that great stuff. Yeah. And he, he jokingly requested, a, not requested, but he said... He didn't want to talk to me before the show because he was nervous that he would blurt out a request of a husband and wife song. <laughs> Which I feel like if he if he would have told you that story before the set and would have asked you to play one, I think you probably would have. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of glad he didn't because there's a chance I might have tried to do it and it yeah. would not have been very good. I think he probably could have pulled it off. That, oh man, that is so cool. I wish that you could have played a little something for him. That's a really neat story. Traveled 28 hours, like, outside of his business in the U.S.? No, 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 no. 
That was to get him. Uh, he was in Chicago okay. on business. Ah, uh, okay. I yeah. thought he had traveled 28 hours in addition to. No, 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 no. That was tra- just. Okay. The thing about the 28 hours is he had made that trip and then less than 24 hours later come to my show. Oh, it's yeah. Like, gosh, he had to be so jet lagged. Yeah, totally. Anyway, pretty wild. That is so cool. So this is definitely not as monumental as that, but. My cousin Ryan and his husband Royce Mm -hmm. are recent uh, transplants to Chicago. They moved there from Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, and they have a son. His name is Rock. Don't give out too much personal information about people. Oh, okay. I'm new to the. I'm new to the podcast. I'm just warning you. Just talking like I whatever you want to say. Talk all the time. Yeah, I guess I should protect their their privacy in case anyone wants to track them down. Okay. So let's just say they have a five month old little boy and they took him to his first rock concert today, (laughs) which was to see Mike Adams and Owen Ashworth. And I think he loved it. He slept all the way through, but I think he had a really fantastic time. As long as he wasn't bothered, that's good. No, I mean, I think the, the melodic tunes that you guys were playing probably just kept him in a really, you know, deep and comfortable sleep. Good. So well, that's great. Yeah. Not as cool of a traveling, you know, and like traveling to your show or like being these longtime mega fans, but still pretty cool that their child's first rock concert was to see you. So <laughs> lucky kid. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, real quick, so this is season fifteen. This, this, this is the appendix. The to appendix season fifteen. Yeah. Okay, I just feel like I need to make a confession. Yeah. I am a big fan of Tam Van Tour Talk. I really enjoy listening to it. Uh, helps keep me up to speed with what you're doing on the road when I'm home. Just you know, going to work, taking care of Asa, just you know, making sure that things don't fall down around you while you're gone. <laughs> right. Right. And so I really do enjoy listening to the show. But when you were on tour last week, you know, I was on vacation with my family. Yeah. And I had zero good opportunities to sit down and listen to Tam Van Tour talk. So I have not listened to any of season 15. And I feel like such a phony. Oh, boy. Being on the show today, not having listened to any of season 15. You're in for a real treat. Yeah. I really, I got to catch up. Um, maybe I can listen to it next week at work. Um, maybe in my headphones. I work in an open office space, so I can. Oh, Asa has what is spotted it? What are you something spectacular. Asa, what was it? Dinosaur. You saw can a you dinosaur? say that into your microphone, Asa? Dinosaur. Where'd you see a dinosaur? On a picture, and I think. There's a museum here. <laughs> oh, you think so? What kind of museum? I think it has some uh, dinosaurs. But what's it called? I think called the Prayer Museum. The what? The no. Prayer Museum. I cannot oh, understand yeah, I any of that. The pr- the Predator Museum. The, the Predator, Predator Museum. Museum. That sounds hey, cool. Yeah. I'd go there. Super cool. Yeah. Okay. You know, I think we've reached the end of the show. Oh, we have already. I. We we, we're cutting it 
about five minutes short from usual, but well, we're getting to a point where I think I need to get the directions out. You do, but one of my favorite things on Tan Van Tour Talk is when you guys will be chatting about something and you want people to text some kind of response to AD. Yeah. I really wanted to work that in today somehow, but I guess maybe we didn't. There was nothing good hey, that know, came it's up. It's just got to be organic. You, uh, can't, yeah, you can't jam yeah. that stuff in. I just love it. I laugh so hard every time I hear you guys say, text yes or text something well, to thing, If you like that AD. segment, if you like <laughs> those segments, all you have to do is text yes to AD. Yeah. <laughs> and then, 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 then that does it. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into this uh, appendices. Appendices. Well, it's only one so far. Oh, well, there's going to be... There's hopefully going to be Four. another one. We're going to we're shooting for two here because I'll probably do another one after tonight's show on the way back to Bloomington. With the the true tour manager, Jared P. Cheek. And possibly another surprise guest. We'll oh, see. Okay, yeah. Uh, no, strawberries? Oh, yeah. Jared Strawberry? Jared, Asa likes to call Annie, Jared's wife, Annie Banani. Uh, and then he calls Jared, Jared Strawberry. Oh, funny. So, okay. yeah. All right. Okay. Well, Jared Strawberry may be on tonight's later episode. <laughs> uh, but thanks for tuning in. Hopefully yeah. we make it to the show on time. We are now, it, it's doors currently. Doors are opening right okay. now. Okay. But we're maybe like only a half hour out right I now. I sure hope so. I think we can do it. I sure hope. So we're yeah. going to drive fast and get the directions. Thanks for tuning in as okay, always. Yeah. Thanks to my family for being on the show today. Asa, do you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Say it into your microphone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.